This episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Oakley. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not just the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It is your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Joined today by a man who is, uh, well, he's staring the rest of his life right in the face. Uh, I just asked him, it's Wednesday, right? Yep. Okay. So that means in, let's see, one, two, three, four. So under... No, not under 100 hours because we're recording in the morning. In a little bit more than 100 hours from when we are recording this right now, the man I am speaking to will no longer be a single man. He will be a married man. And that man, of course, is Andrew Claudio. Legal sense of the term speaking, obviously. But um, yeah, uh, three hours, uh, three days, 15 hours, 16 minutes. Exactly. Um, got the countdown on my phone. In fact, I'm doing a fun thing on Instagram uh, to uh, where I count down the days by posting photos of like athletes that wore the specific the specific number of days. So, like for number eleven, I had Jalen Brunson, I had Mark uh-huh. Messier, I had Kellen Clemens. Uh, today, number four would obviously be Derek Rose. Um, uh-huh. Would be Wilmer Flores. Um, would also be uh, Brett Favre, but I'm intentionally going to put his ass uh, because his time as a Jet was not exactly memorable. And uh, yeah, so it's good. I got, can I ask you a question as we make this completely self-involved? Yeah, sure. So you like planned the entirety of your wedding, right? I planned my entire our entire wedding. Yes, I, it so, felt like my wedding. It was I. I had dreamed of it since I was a, a 13 year old girl. Yes. So I, I, I have to ask. Solely because I I know you and I know your um, deficiencies with technology and like Google Docs and email have been a godsend for me throughout this entire process. And, you know, creating group chats and coordinating that way and how we've planned most of this has any added stress that I I would have had in college had I not understood these processes. Um, have been a lot easier now. So, so John, I'm I'm curious, how did you survive? Because uh, I'm assuming you didn't Google Doc and email your way through wedding wedding planning. No, I mean, um, well, I mean, I emailed a lot. No, you I emailed a, a ton. Okay. I Google Docs, though, I don't think were. I'm trying to think what Google. No, Google Docs weren't really necessary. I mean, like, I didn't need to communicate. The only people I communicated with were the various vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really it because I didn't need to ask anybody's opinion on anything because I was just deciding everything myself. That's I don't fair. really care what anybody else thought. Yeah. Um, so the, the amount yeah. of people I've had to send me your timeline. What's your timeline? It's like add to Google Doc, add to Google Doc. And the funny thing is, every married person I talk to is like, that timeline doesn't matter at all. 
you know, that that day is going to go how it goes. <laughs> and well, I mean, well, look, we don't want to make spend the entire the entire last three months working on does not matter. We don't we, we don't have to talk about this for too long, but I will say the one thing for me, you want to talk about the <laughs> just the MCU just popped into my head. The sacred timeline wow. was indeed the only thing that above all else that mattered to me on that day to the point where um the 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 one the one rule the one like unbreakable rule i had going into the wedding day was that if we allotted 30 minutes for pictures there would not be 33 minutes for pictures there would not be 31 minutes for pictures there would be 30 minutes for pictures because i i decided long in advance that that day would be a day to be enjoyed, not a day to be left catering to other people. And um, let me tell you, I stuck to that rule. Oh man! And I have zero regrets. <laughs> Groomzilla over here. Oh yeah! I, it I sounds mean, like you enjoyed it, so it, it works out. But I think Tibbs would be very proud of the rigidity and the the sternness of sticking to that. Yeah, um, the 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 portion of the the night that I remember, I I certainly enjoyed. Oh that. well, that. There's that element of it too, <laughs> that I unfortunately can't partake in. But, no, uh, you know I'm excited. You know what else is happening on Sunday around the same time, John? Uh, yeah, the Knicks are playing a basketball game. Yes, programming note: we will not have a post game live stream after that basketball game. The KFS crew has other things to do on Saturday. Excuse me, on Sunday. But yeah, I was about to say, but we will have post games for uh, the other games. So Saturday, Saturday. Shout out to Chris. Shout out to Sean. They will yep. both be uh, producing the pod and uh, giving you a post game after the Trevor Keels show uh, this Saturday in Las Vegas. So. Hope you enjoy all of all of Nick's faithful. Uh, Nick's play basketball on Saturday. I'm trying to think when's the last time I've been less excited for a summer league game. It's it's. Can I actually talk? Can we start there? Sure. Because the first interaction you and I kind of had on the internet before I was a KFS, before we really knew each other in any type of capacity was a tweet you sent out during the 2018 summer league oh, where you said, and I, I wish I had I thought of it to pull it up and actually go look at it, but people on, on the Twitter. Can Wait, hold on. You up. could pull up old tweets that people send out. That's You're amazing. You are actually amazing. I, I, What's I, the tweet? That that's your question is actually amazing. Um, you said about Kevin Knox, who had a flurry of threes to end a second quarter. Oh, um, the Knicks wiped out like a 12 point lead and went into halftime winning. And for Knicks fans at the time, it was one of the highlights of the last five, six years. And I'd always had a thing against summer league, not necessarily that I didn't enjoy it, but I was like, this doesn't matter. Like this is this is practice for the most part. This is a scrimmage that they're televising. But I recognize that when you're a team that's rebuilding and a team that's not had a lot of success, that moments like this, like that, this does matter because this is the potentially the most competitive basketball you're going to watch this season. And the tweet you sent out after Knox hit all those threes, and um, boy, we're we're not necessarily wrong, but were we um, overreacting to? Uh, what we thought was a steal at number nine in the draft. Um, the thought that you put out there was, could this be one of the 
biggest or top five moments the Knicks have had in the last decade. <sighs> And how far we've come that since Summer League 2018, we've got some playoff moments in there, some hardware. We've had players yep. make all-star teams, all-NBA teams. Uh, we, we had the off-season gem that people have to give us credit for with Jalen Brunson. And I, I just... How far we've come that we're now ready for Summer League and it's a distant afterthought because we have playoff expectations now surrounding this franchise and it's it's a it's a cool cool retrospective when you think back to then to where we are now i mean well first of all the irony of you pointing out that the knox summer league explosion um did not ultimately end up mattering as it uh came to foretelling his ultimate nba career Mm -hmm. um is that Perhaps the moment that he ceased to become an NBA player or he ceased to, he, he no longer was an NBA player w- occurred in summer league at a game that I was at and witnessed live, which was when Zion Williamson snatched both the ball and Kevin Knox's soul um, in the first game that those two teams played in, uh, what was that? 2019. That was the uh, earthquake night, right? That was the earthquake game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was which was weird. It felt for like five or ten seconds like you got really drunk, and then it stopped, and then that was that. Um, so yeah, I, I truly, I actually, lit, there was a part of me who thinks that Kevin Knox was never the same after that. But um, no, but then like you think to like pre, I don't know, pre Tibbs, pre pre Leon, pre whatever you want to say that era, and you think to the most meaningful. Um, you know, things that, that had happened to the franchise and the preceding, whatever it was, however many years, like the Porzingis summer league does stand out. The Mitchell Robinson summer league absolutely stands out. Um, mm, that's that same summer league. The Mitchell Robinson summer 2018, league. 2018. Yeah. Cause the, while yeah. Knox was hitting all these threes and yeah, Mitch was all over the court on a usage, Mitch was blocking threes. And I was like, Whoa, what, is, what is this? You know? Yeah. And, and actually, funny enough, I, the the RJ summer league, which was the same summer league as the the Knox rebound getting stolen, that stands out to me just because, and it's it's so funny. It <laughs> you want to talk about a microcosm of what his career ended up becoming because he had those two those first two games that were just two of the most dreadful games you could ever imagine. People were going crazy. The Knicks blew the number three pick in the draft, the whole thing, and then. And the next two games after that, he rebounded and he and he played pretty well, put up some nice numbers, looked a lot better, and uh, you know it, it was a, an inconsistent performance, but one that was kind of um, you know a Rorschach test for what you thought of this player. And now here we are sitting there four years later, and uh, RJ's career is is very much a, a Rorschach test for uh, kind of what your what your opinions on on him Indeed. are. Anyway, um, do I, enough about summer league. I don't have anything else to say about summer league, but. Enjoy it. If you if you want to watch, enjoy it this weekend. The Knicks play basketball this weekend. The Knicks do play basketball. If you want to watch your team play basketball, even if it might not include a rotation player. I was about to say, if a single if a single player who is appearing in the summer league ends up playing a minute in a non blowout game this year, something probably went wrong. Probably. Um or, Which is a good show. or to be let's be positive. Something probably went right that one of these kids popped. Like the Jalen Martins of the world, suddenly we sh- he showed up. It was like, oh, this is this is your new ninth man. You know, man. 
If the Knicks are turning to G, I am excited about Jalen Martin from what little I know about him, but he definitely seems like an interesting developmental prospect. Uh, no, I mean, like, but if Jalen Martin's playing <laughs> basketball for the team this year, that means, I, I mean, I don't know what that means, but it means it's something the, it's, did not go injuries. for plan. Yeah, injuries. But like, my point is the positivity of sure, yeah. something went right. You know, something went right. Well, it's a good transition. Um, so we are. Sitting here right now, it is like I said, it's Wednesday morning. Um, the last emergency live stream, <laughs> so many emergency live streams. The last emergency live stream Jeremy and I did next. ended on Saturday night, right? And I think both of us ended that sharing the feeling that, um, well, the Knicks certainly did not have to make any additional moves and the possibility existed that they would not make any other moves. Both of us felt at the time that the next, there would be something else coming. And now sitting here, I don't, I, I, I can't tell how I feel because let me, I'm going to walk you through this. I'll try to be brief, but there are, I'm of, I'm of two minds here. First mind is we've gotten some reporting um, specifically for me and Bagley, which Ian didn't, come out and say like the Knicks are done, but like seems to indicate that barring something unforeseen, this is the team that's going to go into the season. And, you know, as you know, as we, as we all know, we always trust what Ian says His reporting is rock solid. Um, and I believe that I believe that to a certain extent that like the Knicks are, would be okay bringing this team into the regular season. Um, that said the rotation, which is why the, by the way, the funniest thing over since the OB trade and since the DiVincenzo signing, the funniest thing to me is it's, it's actually not funny. It's said it's an indictment on the, 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 the failings of math classes across the country, the hullabaloo about the Knicks need to sign a backup power forward to play like regular rotation minutes is an, is an evidence to me of the fact that people across this country, or at least New York do not know how to add or perhaps multiply or just use a calculator because the minutes are not there. I don't know what people are missing when it comes to this. Oh, so there's apparently pushback to like the Knicks have one more rotation spot to fill is what you're saying. They do not have another rotation spot to fill. They have no minutes to give another rotation player. I understand that. I, that's why my thought is if they're going out and getting a power forward, it's because the trade happened. It's like a consolidation trade. Yeah, it would be a, exactly, yeah. it would be a consolidation trade or I suppose a breaking case of emergency. Julius goes down for three weeks with a sprained ankle. Um, we don't feel comfortable having, you know, Isaiah Roby start a power forward. That's what right. I mean. But the, the, I mean, and granted, I maybe I, I, like you always tell me, what you see on Twitter is not how people are actually thinking, but boy, oh boy, am I seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter about like the Knicks need this person, the Knicks need that person because they, they, they just can't play these games without a nominal power forward. Of this. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah. I think Jonathan that because Benji's tweet did some work the other day that I, I thought was revealing that a lot of people were indeed um, to, to those who didn't see it. He basically asked like, so who's the backup for that you guys are terrified of? That like Josh Hart can't can't fill those minutes, and like Bobby Portis is making you shaking your boots, keeping you up at night. And 
I I understand the pushback and the the way the Knicks used Obi. Um, it like DiVincenzo can fill that, you know. And I guess technically Josh Hart. Yeah, but because- that's it's not. It's Hart that's filling it. Hart slides can fill the minutes and fill the role is what I'm saying. He can be a corner boy that is just really good and wide open catch and shoots threes. And you find five or six minutes from him elsewhere and he suddenly matches the minutes he was playing in Golden State. Or more. Um, So, so, um, or more. You're funny. Um, I, I think Josh Hart, while I looked at him as a luxury as a guy who can rebound like that from the three will now have the task of being the backup four, which as you saw, could be four minutes a half to given what Julius Randall has been through the first four years with the Knicks. Yeah. I think personally, the calculation that I've been making as to, is this really what the Knicks roster is going to be and the backup four is really going to be Josh Hart is <laughs> it's not necessarily it's not necessarily a pushback on Tibbs because I don't. I'm just surprised that this is this would be the roster they would decide to go with because it's small and well, for someone that desires rim protection as much. Again, I thought the whole point of Josh Hart making the difference he made was, you know, I, I you're from the three, you're an elite rebounder. You're getting a, a, an advantage from a position you don't normally get that advantage from, and I think it just also goes to. We, we were we're gonna see it next year when he plays in Indiana, but we're this is how little Obi was used last year. It's really just eight to twelve minutes that you have to figure it out. And on certain nights, Julius will play an extra two three minutes because the backup four is getting killed on the boards. And on certain nights, yes, yeah. they'll be more creative and go small, which I, I'm actually excited about. I I don't I mean look, maybe I see things in a unique way. Like whatever 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 play, it doesn't matter if it's a backup power forward. Like Giannis Antetokounmpo, whatever. Any player who you think of in the NBA that you're like, well, the Knicks aren't going to have a traditional backup power forward to guard this person. If you ask Tom Thibodeau or frankly, any coach in the league, who would they rather have guarding player X? doesn't matter who player X is. Josh Hart or Obi Toppin? Guess what? The answer is going to be Josh Hart. If you ask any coach in the league, Who's more likely to grab a big rebound? Josh Hart or Obi Toppin? Doesn't matter who's fighting for the rebound. The answer is going to be Josh Hart. Like, I'm not even disagreeing with that point. Yeah. Literally, I'm just surprised that they chose to go smaller with their backup. Not even backup well, four, just like with that rotation. So, because I, to be honest, this is the most progressive part about it is that's actually forward thinking. You chose shooting over the square peg, square hole of, well, we lost a four. Now we go get a traditional four. It's, but it's not only shooting. It's shooting. It's speed. Mm-hmm. It's switchability. It's it's ball movement. It's all of the ways the the sport is going right now. Yeah. They chose all of the on the surface on its face. That is what they chose. Other than going to to get a traditional power forward. I, I and again to anybody who's like, well, they're not actually going to do that. They're going to go a different way. Maybe they are. But if they are going to make another move and go the more traditional route and have someone, whether it's a starting three who could double as a backup four, which me and Jeremy talked about if they went and traded for O'Jan and Obi or Paul George, whatever, um, or, or something else like that means someone here would be saying goodbye. And if, mm-hmm. if we haven't made that point loud and clear, which gets me to the other part of it, which is okay, maybe this is the roster, but, 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 
I find a few things interesting. First thing I find interesting, I know, I think this was also an emergency live stream. I know the hardened rumors have where it was like everybody got crazy scared because of that Woj tweet. Mm-hmm. But like, as unless I've missed something, their name keeps getting trotted out there. Like Woj continued to say their name. Brian Windhorst continued and just like, yeah, I think, you know, the Knicks will be on the periphery. Maybe this is nonsense. Maybe it's a complete smokescreen. Maybe the Knicks are being used as leverage. Maybe uh, Daryl Morey asked, you know, the folks at ESPN to do him a solid, put the Knicks out there as a potential contender for a hardened trade so that the Clippers would be forced to pony up whatever else they don't want to currently pony up. All of that's possible. What's interesting to me about it. Mm hmm. Is if you do the math, and I'm sorry that Jeremy's not here because I, you know, usually this is his his department. But if you do the math, and you do the hardened trade that is the least, I'll say, invasive of the roster, which is Fournier's expiring contract, and then Hardenstein's salary, and then you would need one other minimum salary to make the math work. So DeQuan Jeffries, right? If you do those things, that's three players going out for one. Harden comes back. The player that's coming back, James Harden, makes more than the three players going out. Because of the concept, and I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of it, because of the concept of you need to have a certain amount of players signed for um, to the roster and those players all carry minimum holds, that would take the Knicks into the luxury tax. Right. There is essentially no way to make a Harden trade without going into the luxury tax unless, unless... You talk about a bigger trade and a trade that would involve potentially Emmanuel quickly going out, although the math even on that one would get a little dicey, or RJ Barrett going out, which we don't need to talk about. I just want to note that, like, that's the reality. If they if they made a James Harden trade, that's number one. That's the math. Yes. Number two. Have we heard a single? And this is not maybe saying anything, but I just find it interesting. Have we heard a single word about Emmanuel quickly having any sort of discussions about an extension? Um, just the the number he's going to want. Yeah, five for one twenty five. Okay, no, is nine figures is what we heard. We didn't hear that number. We heard nine figures for four years, though. I think four four for a hundred. Yeah, the five one twenty five is the max he can get, right? Which they're not going to do. No, five. No, the max you can get. Well, okay, the max max is the the max. The point being, I, I just the only thing that I've seen is that report from the heavy, which decide your own on your own time if you find that credible is the the nine figures. So, as everybody knows, well, everybody who listened to the podcast last summer knows, Mm -hmm. if you sign a rookie or a, a guy in a rookie contract to an extension. It makes it, it doesn't make him untradeable, but it essentially makes him untradeable because the, there's a a poison pill thing, or I forget what the actual language is, whatever, but his, his outgoing salary or in terms of, sorry, his incoming salary for the team that's acquiring him is the new salary is whatever the, the average annual salary is on the new contract. So if quickly signed for $25 million a year, it's $25 million. The outgoing salary for the team that trades the player is his is his fourth year salary, um, which for Emmanuel quickly is a very, very small amount of money. It's four point something million dollars. So if they extend Emmanuel quickly this year, he is on the team 
until after July 1st, 2024. Again, I find it interesting that we have not heard word one about the fact that, uh, you know, any discussions even happening, let alone sides being far apart. Yet from the people who are friends of our show that we've asked that have inside information and um, would have the access or more better hypothetical guess to what would happen. They've all said, yeah, I think quickly is going to extend this summer. Okay. I may, and maybe he does. I th- and then the last thing, mm-hmm. Jared Weiss, who's a beat reporter, beat reporter for the Celtics for the athletic had a uh, article come out. I think it was last night, um, Tuesday night. So just listing several teams that were, in the market, potentially for Grant Williams. Grant Williams, backup power forward on the Boston Celtics. He's a restricted free agent this summer. His market coming into the summer was thought to be the mid-level exception, the full mid-level exception, $12.4 million at a minimum. There was some thought that some team with cap space could perhaps um, exceed that number to pry him away from Boston. Uh, The teams that were mentioned I believe it was the Knicks, the Mavericks, and the Wizards, I want to say, are the three teams that were mentioned. Um, Unless I'm mistaken, none of those teams have cap space. Atlanta, Charlotte, Dallas, New York, and Washington. Yeah, Atlanta. Sorry, I forgot about Atlanta and I forgot about Charlotte. Those teams don't have cap space either. Nobody has cap space except for uh, San Antonio has a bunch of cap space. Hello, Evan Fournier. Um, We'll get back to that in a second. And then I think there's a few other teams that have a a little bit of money, but I'm... None of those teams are in the are mentioned as a potential Grant Williams destination. The gist of the article basically goes that like th- nobody has the like th- there's no one out there who's going to be able to sign Grant Williams to a, a contract that the Celtics are not going to match. So already because the Celtics are capped out the wazoo and they're in the process of negotiating this Jalen Brown mammoth supermax extension that they're just going to try to work out a sign and trade for grant williams so williams could get paid whatever he's going to get paid and then the celtics could get something back for him i think the the article mentioned that they were hoping to get a first round pick i believe weiss mentioned that there's it's a rarity for teams to be able to get back a first round pick in a sign and trade for a player of this caliber which is you know a, a guy who's a backup whatever the point of this is that the again the Knicks were mentioned here. Now, mentioned, again, you yeah. may be listening to this and you may say, Macri, you're the most gullible amongst us. Just because the Knicks are mentioned does not mean the Knicks are actually interested. Okay, fine. I find it interesting because, again, math, there is, there's no way the Knicks are bringing in Grant Williams on uh, via sign and trade and not sending out a player in their current rotation. Um, that is, that's just not happening. There's this 0% chance of that happening. It's obvious. Yes, you're right. Okay. There is a fairly obvious way to get something of this nature done. It would be, and shout out to, I think, Bren Hart. Uh, he goes by on Twitter, longtime reader and, and listener uh, to Nick's film school mentioned that because there would be uh, base year compensation issues, which there would be. Again, we remember the whole base year compensation issue with, uh, we talked about Mitch last summer and also Jalen Brunson last summer. It would require, long and the short of it, is a the Knicks sending a significant salary out. That would be Evan Fournier. 
And that would be in all likelihood to San Antonio because the only team that can inherit his salary. And there's some thought that they may want him because he's French and Victor Wembanyama and the whole thing. Um, and then the Celtics signing and trading Grant Williams to the Knicks and then the Knicks sending something or maybe two, two somethings, one to San Antonio to, for them to take on Fournier unless they are willingly doing that, which I, I'll believe that when I see it. And then another something to the Celtics. Um, and maybe that's, maybe that's just some draft picks. I, I don't know, but it would, it would stand to reason that if they did something of this nature, rather than expel draft capital, purely draft capital to bring in Grant Williams, it would instead be a rotation player going out somewhere to some team. And of the two of the players that we keep talking about is like, might they be in the ether? RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly. One of those guys makes $25 million next year. And the other guy makes $4 million. So do the math as far as which of those two players will be easier to send out. I just, I find all of this interesting. That's all. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award regardless of the severity of your injury and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. What's up, Knicks fans? Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good, and that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. Not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our Oakleys. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now. Check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. Also, did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? Now, I know what you're thinking. GMAC, what the hell is that? Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to Oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information today. So that was a, a brilliant nine minutes of wind horsing. I, I appreciated it all to get Is to that the a end. Verb now? Wow. I, I just did it. Yes. You wind horsed where you didn't say a thing. You just, just find it, find it fascinating, find it interesting that these reports with the Knicks are mentioned. Cause we've never just kind of seen the Knicks mentioned in reports over our time watching the Knicks and, and covering the Knicks in the past five years. And for it, sure. 
lead to absolutely nothing except the Knicks or CAA specifically being mentioned. So leverage can be created. Um, the Knicks are not trading Emmanuel quickly for Grant Williams. John. I don't think they are either, to be very right. clear. So as a result, I don't think anything of this report. Grant Williams and the Knicks being involved, I believe, and this, again, is, is mostly just from the people I've talked to and that have somewhat inside info on this. Grant Williams was an option if the Knicks didn't want to go get DiVincenzo or it didn't work out with DiVincenzo because the Rockets threw a bag at him. And then he was an option for the backup four. I think the... The Rockets, uh, the Rockets, the Celtics sort of matched anyway. But the point being, um, if the Knicks had a hole at the backup four, they might have gone after Grant Williams. Um, this also could be if the Knicks do make a consolidation trade, then you have another rotation spot open. And Grant Williams then moves everybody back down. Josh Hart back to his natural three. Even Chenzo will unfortunately now be the backup point guard. I'm not so sure he can do it, but Hey, I saw Alec Burks play point guard for a year. So maybe Tibbs can figure that out too. Point being, Mayo quickly is going to be on this team next year and he's going to be part of this, the success of this team next year. Not even just because I'm a blind Homer Knicks fan that believes in him because he was really good last year and helped them win a ton of games during the regular season. It was a large reason why they, why they won 47 games. Indispensable. And it's why the other big thing you want to talk about roles on this team. Who's playing point guard. If it's not Jalen Brunson. Well, if Jalen Brunson went down with an injury, so that's the funny part to me is people talk about Julius Randall going down with an injury and like the chaos that that would cause. I actually think that that's I'm not, I mean, this is not actually a hot take. This is just, it should be pretty obvious. Brunson going down with an injury would be the thing that would be a real problem. And yeah, if they traded Emmanuel quickly, there's zero player on the roster that could feasibly step into that spot and do. I mean, no one's doing a facsimile of Jalen Brunson, but like could like be the starting point guard and keep the same level of what I believe, um, not elite offensive ability, but impact on, on both ends. What, like we talked about this or went back and forth about this on the free agency live stream where nothing happened. Well, I believe Brunson is the higher ceiling offensively and how good he is and how he, like impacts a game. I believe his limitations defensively is where quickly closes the gap a little bit to where when you go from Brunson to quickly, it's still like you're getting, if you're not getting an elite all-star, you're still getting a solid starting point guard who yeah, has the capability so. to explode for 40 points in Boston garden. Um, excuse me. TD 38 TD, TD garden. Unnecessary correction. Almost 40 points in Boston garden. Um, I don't I don't think anything of this report. If if the, the Paul George thing was more fascinating to me, uh, the, the Harden thing I also think is not happening because I don't think he wants to come to New York. Um, I don't think so either. The Paul George of it all, I thought was fascinating. But from all we've heard, I know Alan Hahn said a thing yesterday. I, I more heard that he doesn't like the Clippers don't want to trade him. They want to build a big three. Like the but, Windy report is more what I heard. But I think Paul this George, is the team. I think the, the Bagley report is more what I I take away from the last couple of days. This is a team. As do I. And I, that is, that's why I started with that. Cause I do believe that. And again, never trust, you know, question at Ian's reporting at your own risk. Um, it's not going to end well for you. The Han thing, just briefly, they didn't want to pay his extension. Well, like no shit, but like the, <laughs> the, the, but it, it, to say that, like implies that like it's only that and nothing else when the reality is 
whether or not you are going to be, and it, this goes for the Knicks, this goes for the Clippers, whether or not you want to pay Paul George's extension has everything to do with all of the other reasons why Paul George is a dicey trade candidate, his age, his injury history, the fact that it's a, it's a very large extension and it could be until he gets, you know, even, even more up there in years and for the Knicks or for any team, what they would give up to acquire. And we should say the, the Alan Hahn thing, um, Alan Hahn, uh, Knicks, pre and post game analyst for MSG. Um, also ESPN radio personality on his show um, said that the Knicks reached out to the Clippers. They were very interested to just find out the price. Yeah. And it was a heavy, hefty price. Yep. And apparently Paul George also was like, well, if you trade me, I want you to extend me yep. too. And the Knicks were like, all right, this is, this is too rich for our blood. Uh, Moke Hamilton, um, an NBA reporter who went on, I forget the, radio show he went on but he was doing a guest spot and confirmed what the price was and it was RJ Grimes Fournier's salary three picks the asking price the asking right, price. the price that the Clippers said it was yeah. that and then a Paul George extension and I this is where I got to give this front office credit I know there's a hundred people with voices and at times everything gets the met gets the Knicks mentioned in, in conversations and trade talks. And it's how we can have the Grant Williams conversation without having the Grant Williams conversation. But I, I believe that they're, they're slow playing this and saving their chips for a much bigger fish. I, that makes much more sense. I completely agree. I wrote about that very concept today, actually, as we're talking for the Knicks film school newsletter in the fact that like, if you're trying to think of now that the dust is settled on the summer and now that the, you know, everybody has their chess pieces realigned. If you're looking for moves, the Knicks are going to make start by looking at moves. The Knicks are not going to make and what the Knicks are not going to do in any way, shape or form is jeopardize their chances to trade for someone big, whether that's Joel Embiid, who's the most obvious name on the, on the market, but Again, referring to Ian Ian Begley's recent reporting, it's not an accident. He mentioned that teams were monitoring the Antenna Kupo situation in Milwaukee. That's another name who could be out there. And then I would define as the least likely because of who he currently plays for and who a, a trade would involve, but Luka Doncic. And everybody's keeping their eyes on Dallas and, and what happens with that. But as long as all of these names are out there, the Knicks are not going to do anything as far as expending assets that can decrease their chances of even, even a little bit of getting one of these guys. The, the, the last thing I'll say is that I agree with you. I think there, I don't know that I would put, uh, I'm not putting a hundred percent chance on it that Emmanuel quickly plays for the next, next year. I'd probably put at this point, I don't know, 75% chance, 80% chance. I wouldn't put it at a hundred either, by the way. Cause like, I think crazy shit happens. Crazy shit happens. It's the NBA. And I, that's another thing you put in your newsletter, which I agreed with. Um, the fact that we could be sitting here a week from now and multiple superstars have been traded yeah. and one and like the Knicks were part of so, one of the trades. So I, I, I would put it closer to 85, 90, but I agree that like, it's not a, a done deal for certain that the Knicks will have a Mayo quickly on the roster next year. My main point though, is that they, I still my if there's, if you're asking me one thing that I'm going to plan my flag on, in terms of roster building for this team moving forward, I'm planting my flag on this. This team is not, I repeat, not in two years from now, which is when Jalen Brunson is going to be eligible for his extension, going to be sit sitting, paying what will at that point essentially be half their salary cap 
to two small guards who the team clearly does not want to put on the floor together if they have their druthers. And that is just not going to happen. And I don't think Jalen Brunson is going anywhere. Um, Doesn't mean as quickly he's getting traded today, tomorrow, before next season, during next season. No, it doesn't. Um, But like I, to me, and this is really what I meant to imply without, I'm not going to, I will, I will unwin horse. The fact that just the Knicks are still being mentioned in these things, at least makes me see, or I, this is what I take from it, that they acknowledge what the future holds. And so they are wondering, well, look, if there needs to be a move here and it's, and we have also talked, obviously, I don't want to leave him out. RJ Barrett is another guy who I know me and Jeremy, and I think you too feel is probably not going to be here for the long, long, long term. They're at least always keeping their eyes open or, or keeping their eyes open right now as far as like, all right, if we think this the future for us, meaning two, three, four years down the road, does not include these players. Well, let's always be on the lookout for is there an opportunity that makes sense for us to do something now? And and that's why I think you hear you're going to continue to hear them being mentioned when it comes to stuff. Because again, just looking at the roster, looking at the salary cap, looking at the rotation. They're boxed in unless they want to send out a current rotation player. That's all. I agree with you. They're, that's why I think this is the current rotation and will be going into training camp next year. And years from now, yes, I agree. They probably won't have both Brunson and quickly on the roster. Although I do take some stock in the closing lineup last year being Brunson and quickly next to each other. I also look at the playoffs that just happened and the game changer adjustment Tibbs made in game three was going to the guard guard pick and rolls with Brunson and quickly and how effective that was in game three and then game four. Sure. Um, so there's not a 0% chance no, that so this couldn't be a, rost- a lineup that they go to a lot this upcoming season. I think when they make that all in move, Emmanuel quickly will be included and it'll suck for a lot of people that fall in love with players that are drafted here. We will get over it when the superstar that comes here is great. And we're playing meaningful games in the playoffs that potentially could lead to a championship. At least I hope that that's the direction this goes. Joel Embiid's knees be damned. Um, I, I look in the meantime, I said, I'd be okay with them running it back. I, I have more of an affection for Obi than you do, but I'm, no, I recognize what, what role he had here was not ideal to what he is good at and what role they now have for DiVincenzo might actually be the perfect role that he's good at. So I, I actually think next season is going to be really fun if they just keep it as is. Oh. And we'll see a lot of really fun, really fast lineups with them going small and having more shooting um, out there. I think, um, you know, depending on injuries, depending on, I mean, really depending on injuries. Um, I think there's a 50 win team potentially, potentially, yeah. potentially Think about that. That's we'll talk about bringing this full circle, John. Yeah. From Kevin Knox's second quarter in summer league <laughs> is the best moment of the last decade Yeah. to, I think this is at least a 50 win team. Like appreciate how far we've come. Knicks fans. Like, we're our, our off season was a month long. When's the last time our off season was a month was a month long? The Knicks the Knicks season ended yeah. and then 
like less than a month later, like the following week was the lottery. The Knicks almost made it to the lottery with their, with their season last year. I think next season we'll have a ton of fun involved. Um, especially if this is the roster, which I think it will be that they go into it with. Well, we shall see. Mm-hmm. Um, I will just continue to urge everybody. Don't you don't shy. think they're done, do you? By the way, you think there is going to be a move? I don't. I don't think they're done inquiring. But that's not what I'm asking. No, Transa- and I, 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 let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. I think that there will be. I think that they will continue to operate, or they will operate with a level of aggression mm-hmm. when it comes to potential moves this summer that I think would perhaps surprise surprise a lot of people. And again, just to be clear, this is this. It would not be about them expending the assets that could bring them the super duper star. It would be about them being able to have their cake and eat it too with what can we make a move now that makes us better and makes it easier for us to navigate in terms of the cap concerns and everything else. Because again, that's the other thing about quickly. And I I should say it explicitly because maybe it's not enough for me to imply it, but like the moment that, that if they get to next summer, and quickly is still on the roster next summer, then things become very complicated because then you are either inking him to a massive contract that might inhibit his trade value. Um, Because look, everybody, Tyler Hero, Jordan Poole, like those teams signed those contracts. They didn't do it with like, well, we know the player's value is going to go into it into the tank the second we sign this contract. But meanwhile, you look after a little while and guess what? Jordan Poole essentially becomes a salary dump. Tyler Hero, Miami's looking around and be like, fuck, can anyone give us anything for Tyler Hero? That's to parlay what, Hero. That's not hold on. That's not what they're doing with Tyler Hero. They want Dame. Like Yes, and guess who happening. doesn't want Dame? It's Portland. So all of a sudden, when you sign these players to these extensions, they cease to become intriguing young asset player X, but player X tied to this amount of money. And that, that the latter of those two is not as appealing to everybody around the league. I'm not saying Tyler Harris, not good. I think Tyler Harris is really good, but for Portland specifically in their situation, it'd be one thing if Tyler Harrow was on a rookie deal and they could then flip him and whatever, but that's not the case. They already have a small guard who's not a point guard tied to big money contract, doesn't play a lot of defense. They're not going to go out and get another one, especially when they already have Shaden Sharp and the whole thing. So like the, the long story short, once you have to extend these young players, it just changes the calculus in, ter- in terms of how easy it is to trade them a lot. And I, again, I'm not going to beat around the bunch. I think if the Knicks had a situation where they felt that they could get commensurate value for quickly this summer. And, and I, again, I don't mean to suggest that, that the commensurate value is flipping him for fucking Grant Williams. Obviously, they're not going to do that. But is there a world where they can move some pieces around and maybe get another pick in the door and end up with like a Grant Williams or something? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. But I just wonder if this these are not some of the conversations that they're having. That's all. That's all. I don't... <sighs> I understand what you're doing in that like 
we're we're so solely looking at the economics of it all, and but yeah, that's how they have to look at it right, too. I agree with you that, I, I, like, on the court play is not being factored in here, and it's why the that you have to look at it from where he is in his uh, NBA career as far as um, what he's eligible for and um, where he is uh, in his rookie contract and what he is as an asset right now. Um, shout out Sam Vecini who said this on Chris's show. Mayo Quickler is better than both Jordan Poole and Tyler Hero. So I agree. I don't think that his, while he, while you might say that he'll depreciate in value by the time um, he his his extension kicks in um, or whoever decides to sign it to a contract as a restricted free agent next summer. Um, I personally think he will continue to be uh, on a, on a bargain deal. I, so I do want to note though, that like be, he has a higher floor than both of those players in that. I think like, well, let's, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. The heat, there were arguments that they didn't even, skip a beat not having Tyler Hero because what Tyler Hero brings as far as offensive creation is mitigated by something that he takes off the table very much, which is the defense. Emmanuel quickly, he may, he's not the creator that Tyler Hero is, but the defensive ceiling is so much higher or full, a number of phrase that the de, just a, the defense period is just mm-hmm. so much better that like, it, you know, there's no world where he's not playing 20 plus minutes a night for a playoff team. In, in the league, um, that's not e- even still. I think he is a he's a lot easier to move now. Now, yes. again, that does not mean they want to move him. That does not mean they're looking to move him. I just think that they are keeping their options open. And that's yes. it. From an economic standpoint, he is easier to move now. From a logical standpoint, he shouldn't be moved now, which is why any notion of like Grant Williams and a pick, I just that's that's where the rest of us would get as upset the with that as you were when they didn't trade RJ for Donovan Mitchell. I wasn't that upset. Um, um listen, I last last thing that we both gotta go. They're the Knicks are not winning a championship this year. I think no. we know that. I think they know that. And I think they are not operating. And we, they should be commended on this, by the way. They are not operating in the sense of like, well, this may... Look, they, want, they don't want to take a step back, to, to be very clear. But like, if there was a move that did have a downside, i.e. Jalen Brunson gets injured and we have no one for a sustained period of time, we have no one to, to step in and, and run the offense in his absence. I wonder if they felt the long-term payoff, meaning basically a year from now or more, was there, would they not consider something if they felt it was worth it? That's my only point. Which is why the, the Paul George thing has always been the, the biggest thing that fascinated me. If you told me sure, yeah. that it was RJ and quickly and like throwing quickly into a Paul George trade, I wouldn't love it at first, but I'd like completely understand the basketball argument to that starting five, that closing five. And, and I don't know if I'd do that. I don't know if I would either, I but don't think I'm, I would I'm do specifically that. saying if the Knicks did, I'd be like, you know what? That closing five is Paul George. It's Josh Hart. It's like, uh, it's Randall Brunson, Mitch. And like, 
Like Paul George is like, I, I look at him a lot like Darrell Revis and where like half the field gets taken away. He's the perfect weak side defender in a Tibbs oh, he's, uh, he's defense. Awesome. He's like awesome. the, the basketball, like Fred really put two and two together. Like we've talked about this a lot off, off camera and, and off the air, but just like the basketball fit, making it done of sense. And it's why, like, I understand if the Knicks did pursue something like that, what I, like the deal or would I personally do the deal? No, but I under I would understand why the Knicks did it. Outside of that, run it back. Like outside of like even the OG Anobi stuff, I outside that's not elevating your ceiling as yeah, much, I think, either. You know what's funny to me? I, I and this, I, describe, I we both have to go. I disagree with you in this sense. You do the Paul George trade if it involves RJ and quickly, if you think that that trade makes you a contender right now. Right. Right. The reason I would sooner give up both of those guys for OG as opposed to for Paul George is you're not flipping Paul George for Joel Embiid next summer or, or any such player. If like trading for Paul George, like you are pot committed to Paul George. You're saying that the Ananobi then is the face of a trade for Embiid. Okay. Exactly. You know, you're trading, you're trading to, you know, I don't know what, what money comparison, but you're essentially, if you do, if you do that trade, if you do that trade, and there right. are people listening to this who may feel that both RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly individually by themselves are better than OG Adenobi. But if you do that trade, you do it because you think you're trading two quarters for a 50 cent piece or two 50 cent pieces for a dollar, whatever your analogy is. And then you think you then it's easier to flip the dollar in a year or something for whatever you're going to flip it for. Um, or you think that there's another avenue for you to include, you know, significant salary in a trade where, I mean, I guess that would have to be Randall at that point, whatever you get my point. That's all I get. I get, I get what you're doing. I still would. OG's not the person I would do that and deal for. That's I reasonable. Would, I would rather use Randall to be that salary. Although no. you, I mean, we all, wishful thinking and you have to we all want things. actually consider uh, moving Randall and a deal like that. Last thing I'll say, um, I just personally, I, I enjoyed this season a lot. I know you enjoyed the season a lot. And the thought of running it back came up a lot during the last two, three months of the regular season. And honestly, throughout the Cleveland series that like, this is my team. Like this is our team. And while yes, they may be intrigued and they may inquire. I'm personally choosing to wait until something actually gets done. To actually okay. react to it. Why they may do their due diligence, which is not something we could say a lot of regimes in the past have done. Shout out to our president of basketball operations falling asleep in a Donovan Mitchell workout during the draft. Um, I think there's a lot of people with a lot of moving parts and a lot of um, say so in the Knicks front office that have Leon's ear, which is why the Knicks will always be mentioned. I'm waiting to see what they actually do. And yep. It's how you avoid driving yourself crazy during these off seasons. And, and, and we could leave it at that. I don't think there's any need to, to, to go any further on it, unless something else emerges, which at that time we will do it. Other than that though, um, you have to get married. Uh, so we will go and, and do that uh, again. Uh, we will have post games for all the summer league games with the exception of game two. So don't worry about that. And uh, yeah, other, other episodes on the way um, in due course, but until then, Everybody enjoy yourselves. Hope everybody had a good 4th of July and we will talk to you soon. What? <laughs> <laughs>
programming note what? of the week. Let me just do it real quick because I know you have to run. Yes. Jeremy's going live. Jeremy's going live with an edition of Capitals Everything Around Me Cream on Thursday night at 7 p.m. So tune in for that on the KFS YouTube channel and then eventually on the podcast feed. Uh, as I mentioned, Chris and Sean will be live on Saturday night. Uh, we will not be having a post game on Sunday for obvious reasons mentioned at the beginning of the pod. And then, uh, I, John, I don't know if you want to tell people, but like, you will not be back on this podcast feed, barring an emergency, for a little bit. For oh, for, I don't even. Uh, yeah, I'm not even sure when I'm going to be back yet, but I'll, I don't worry. You, you, you won't miss me. I'll, yes. I'll be back soon. He'll be back soon. So we'll have, for the, as far as the rest of the week goes, uh, tomorrow night, Jeremy, Saturday, Chris and Sean, um, and then I'll I'll return. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, plenty of content to coming at you with with the same quality you expect here from Nick's Home School. Thanks as always, everybody. Take care. Enjoy yourselves. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com